Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We will talk a little baseball at the end of the show with the uh, with Jared's Texas Rangers taking a one nothing lead in the ALCS last night. Two zip over the Houston Astros. So 1-0, game two today down in Houston this afternoon and then the other series in the National League. We'll get started tonight in Philadelphia with Philly and Arizona. So we'll hit the baseball at the end of the show. College football. I, I have an interesting question, or I think what's an interesting question, Jared. Who in the world is the third best team in the Big 12? I, I don't, actually thought about that. I don't think you yeah. get much argument with the top two, at least right now. But who is the third best team? We'll talk about what happened around the country on Saturday, some interesting games. That Oregon-Washington game was a thrill ride the entire time. I know there's a whole bunch of people Saturday night in the state of Oklahoma that were just maybe jumping up and dancing a jig for the Irish, right? <laughs> Having a Guinness. Having a Guinness. Having a pint. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a chance for a midseason mulligan, okay? If you want to take it. We're right here kind of midseason. Would you change the playoff that you picked to start the year? I'm trying to remember who I picked. Do you have it written down? I I remembered who I picked. You had uh, we can probably talk through it, figure it out, and then also Heisman. Would you? I'm give you a chance for a midseason mully on the Heisman choice. I'm definitely going to take both of those. Mm. Uh, and then what's coming up this week? Also, high school football. Three weeks left in the regular season. District standings. In the three districts out here, uh, look at the Oklahoman has their rankings out. And then, of course, big games coming up on Friday, one of which will be right here at Big Elk Stadium. 225-9698 is the phone and the text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. We'll check out the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em standings. You're way up there. You're having a good, you're having a good year so I'm far. I'm up and down weekends. I, like last weekend was bad. This weekend was good. It was good. Got me back up in the, what? Top, top five. five or so, yeah. yeah. We'll check that out uh, with uh, the Keep Western thinking Oklahoma. I need Real to go to pick Vegas, man. I need to. Well, you just got to hit the right weeks. They, well, I mean, yeah, but right now I'm like forty and twenty overall. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking if I do this every week in Vegas, I'm I'm on the high side, right? Isn't that how gambling works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. If you you're forty and twenty overall, so if you bet a hundred bucks, you'd win uh, four thousand. You'd lose two thousand. Plus, you would lose another. Uh, 200 yeah so you'd be up 1800 bucks that's pretty good that's not bad that is pretty pretty good governor needs to get get this sports gambling legalized in this state let's go well now wait a minute you got to have 70 games so you might be up even more than we thought who knows isn't it 40 20 40 and 30 40 30 okay so you know you're only up 700 yeah, never mind. yeah. well still that's up still pretty good Still pretty good. Big Poppy, 45 and 25. It's a fantastic record. 
20 games over. That's very good. I weaseled my way into a 50-50 week, and I'm right at 500. It was looking pretty bad, though. I went favorite heavy in the early games. It didn't work out. Yeah. Looked like Bama was going to cruise to a cover. Right. Next thing you know, they had a, they almost lost. I stopped paying attention when it was like 21 to 6 or something like that. They got like to that. 24 to 6. 24 to 6. I stopped paying attention. And then here came the Hogs. Anyway, we'll look at that. Kind of look ahead in college football as well. Uh, as I mentioned, 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We'll talk about anything in the world of sports that's on your mind. Just feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. You can be outside the listening area one of these days. You want to stay in touch with the show live, it's easy. You can log on to kadsam.com or you can download the app. The app has got it all. It's got radio. It's got the Penny News. Also, Big Elk and Paragon TV, which that'll be a hopping place coming up on Friday night with the games that are on tap for the week. And, of course, the Skinny on Sports pod- podcast, which, by the way, I thought to myself, I remembered, Jared, to hit the record button on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm not a million percent sure if I remember to hit the stop. You didn't. <laughs> I thought of that last night. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think I just recorded like four days worth of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we got it all. <laughs> so if All you, five gigs worth here. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, literally, as I was drifting off to sleep last night, that the first time since Friday that crossed my head was like, oh, no. I think I forgot to stop it. Anyhow, <laughs> so that'll be a while. Um but you can listen to that Skinny on Sports pod, podcast any place that podcasts are. How are you uh, today, Jerry? I'm good. I'm sure you are. How was your weekend? It was fun. <laughs> fun. What was it Took- like? What was it like? What was it, was it Saturday or Friday? The concert. Uh, Friday. What? Yeah. What was the atmosphere like when one Toby Keith ah. took the stage? Well, no, no offense to Jason Aldean, but jo- Toby got the the loudest applause when he took the stage. That was pretty cool. I saw a, a Facebook post just this morning from Aldine that was talking about, he said, you know, every now and then you have a special a special night, and that was one in Oklahoma City, uh, and gave it up to Toby uh, for, for rocking the effing house, is, yeah. uh, is what he said. Yeah, called him a <clears throat> effing legend yeah. on the stage. It was pretty, you know, it, yeah, that was fun. And he sounded good. Oh, he's been dealing with the, the stomach cancer stuff, and he, he's, I, you can tell he's anxious to kick it and get back to doing what toby does best so but he sounded really good really good that was that was pretty cool that was, and i i may have had a tear in my eye thinking man i've never seen toby keith live mm-hmm. and this might be my only chance right we can you know you never know so it was cool to see him on stage and the crowd went crazy for one of the homeboys there and toby keith that was fun it was a fun night fun night it was fun it was crazy because when we left the concert walked by like a bar and you could see the tv inside and it was twenty nine to nothing. Colorado was up. I thought, well, I guess I'm not watching that game back in the hotel room. I guess we'll just chill. I wake up Saturday morning. I mean, I'm watching game day. Waiting for Allie to get ready. I was ready to go, and I'm watching game day. And I saw on the bottom <clears throat> bottom line, Stanford comes back to beat him in overtime. It's like, wow, wow. Never know. Crazy weekend yeah, of football. That, that was shocking. Waking up to that. Yeah. On Saturday morning. Because I, I, I just turned it off. Wyatt and Carol were gone. Oh, yeah. I watched the first half. I'm like, oh, this is over. I might as well go to sleep. That way I'll be refreshed for the uh, Dream League. 
How'd that go? It was good. How'd that go? Pretty good. It was good. good. It's uh, it's just a little chilly. It's it was chilly with that with the wind blowing right in your face, but it was awesome. And you know there there was one particular when when the bigger kids played. Uh huh. Um, one one uh, one guy was really worried about everyone else not looking at the sun because of the eclipse that the, was kind yeah. of that was going on. Yeah. And of course, every time he would tell he, he was he was being the catcher, right? When his team wasn't hitting, uh-huh. and then every every kid on the other team that would come up, he'd be like, "Don't look at the sun." And what would happen? Immediately, <laughs> just me. look. The, at everybody the sun. looks up at the sun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So that <laughs> that may have affected uh, a couple of them, but now it's uh, the, the, the kids hitting. But it was great, as always. It's a it's such a cool thing, and um, I'm glad that we get to take part in that because it's it's just fantastic uh, to be out there and, and see the the just the joy they love. Uh, you know, it's like uh, one of one of the kids said. This is my favorite day of the week. Oh, that's awesome! And I'm like, yeah, I I get it, totally get it. So it was it was really cool yeah. uh, for that and to, and to be there, and it was it, it was a good time. Um, didn't get. Let's get your thoughts. You weren't here Friday. Uh, what were your thoughts as far as what we saw in Chickasha from the Big Elks on Friday night? Ah, it was great. Uh, they they played well. They um, a little tougher challenge always is on the road in Chickasha, but uh, with um, how they established uh, everything up front and. Um, you know, maybe corrected some game uh, mid-game mistakes, if that makes sense. Because uh, it was only, what, a one-score game at half? Memory? 20-12. to 12. Yeah. And it was 14-12 with two minutes to play before the right. half. Right, yeah. And then they come out and have a great second half. And uh, I was kind of thinking about it over the weekend. And what impressed me the most, you know, everyone's seen it by now, the shoe throw. And, you know, it, there was a lot of stuff happening between plays that maybe a couple times there was some some jawing back and that some personal stuff personal foul stuff but for the most part i was impressed with how the elks didn't fall into that trap of of getting sucked into that extracurricular stuff that's a sign of a a mature team if if that makes sense so and and then at the end of the day end of the night they were uh big winners so big win needed to win and everyone's big in the district Sets up a big matchup this week against Weatherford, but uh, I, I'm very impressed with how the Big Elks looked on Friday night. Very impressed. Yeah, it it feels like the the cash game really was. We talked about it being kind of the the crossroads type game. Sure. Yeah, and and the Elks have have really found an identity these last two weeks, uh, just getting downhill on people and running it right down their throat. And that's something that we you know Coach Maynard preaches, and and it's kind of the style of football he wants to play, and his guys are really kind of accepted that challenge and and have, have done fantastically well now it gets tougher obviously on friday night lots of you know weatherford 23 7 at halftime over cash then we look up and it's 23 14 at the end wondering what in the world happened well I mean, there's a lot of things kind of swirling around but I, the one thing i do know is that stone chisholm did not play in the second half at the quarterback spot for uh, for weatherford against cash and that certainly I mean, just like about anybody, right? That would kind of throw things kind of into a mess when you're when you're not planning on that. So, um, you know, you hear all kinds of stuff about that uh, as far as moving forward. Uh, for, for just the stuff that I've heard, I, I don't know that we should expect to see 14 out there coming up on Friday night. Um, it remains to be seen, uh, but it, it certainly, uh, from the things that, that that I've heard over the weekend, uh, it looks like a, a a really just a tough break and a tough loss uh, for Weatherford, not only going into this game, but also the rest of the season. Cause he had 
really kind of uh, took that offense on his shoulders in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. running, doing a bunch of quarterback run. He's physical, really good athlete. Uh, and so if if what we've or what I've heard over the weekend turns out to be the case, then that's uh, it, it, it changes the complexion of what Weatherford does on offense a ton, um, in, in my opinion, just because that that really good run threat that is Chisholm could be taken away. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, uh, wish him the best. Oh, yeah. From what we've heard, it's a pretty bad injury, and, and hopefully he can recover because he's a phenomenal athlete, like you said. I don't want anybody to get hurt, so we, we hope he's okay. And and it's a bummer because you want to see good teams at their best, and so you don't want any, uh, I don't know, excuses is the word to use, but, you know, go, well, yeah, they beat them, but, you know, you'd rather see them with the – full arsenal but they're still but now they have a week to figure this out without them right, right. so uh, more than a week because they played thursday so i don't doubt that they will be ready with whoever's taking the snaps they're going to find a way to move the football and be productive because they still got cj nixon they still got uh the other man um, um help me with nick jet nick jet who can fly and uh so there's still weapons there for the eagles so uh chisholm's a big loss but they got other weapons, so and they got time to figure it out. So I, I still expect a tough challenge on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a huge game. Essentially, you know, if you just look at what's happened so far around the district, if the Elks are able to put this one in the win column, uh, they're left with the, the two teams at the bottom of the district left on their schedule, home against Woodward and then at John Marshall. Uh, with the tie breaks that they would hold against the the teams kind of in that middle of the pack, it's hard to imagine that the Elks wouldn't be hosting a playoff game in the first round and and be at least at home for the first week. Uh, really, either of these teams. I, I know that um, Weatherford's only got John Marshall on their schedule after this, the, mm -hmm. the, and then their bye comes in week 10, uh, getting ready for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, it, it, for all intents and purposes, this is a – a game for second place in 4A1 and hosting a playoff game uh, in, in the first round. So it's a it's a huge matchup coming up on Friday night uh, between Weatherford and Elk City. We'll get to talking about it all week long as we move along. Now, battle for Beckham County was a roller coaster ride. Did you get to go back and so check any of that out? Sayre, Sayre scored first, went up 8 nothing. Merritt put 20 straight on the board, led 20-8 to eight, kind of midway through the third quarter. And then Sarah fires back with the last twenty-two to win thirty to twenty. Um, it, when you look at the schedules for these two coming up, it's you know you have to play the games right. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the schedule that Merritt has, this is a crushing, crushing loss because now you now you're tied with Sarah. Lose the tiebreaker to them if it comes to that, and your last three games are at Thomas versus Hooker at Fairview would just so happen to be the top three teams in the district right now. Hard, that's, that's a hard slate to get to at least three, if not four wins. Now on the other side, for Sayre, much more doable. Moreland at home, at Texoma, and then hosting Burns Flat Deal City at the end. So in my mind, at least looking at schedules – Sayer has a way better chance with what they've got left to maybe be able to sneak into that fourth and final playoff spot than what you see from, from Merritt. Because here's the thing. Sayer plays both teams directly in front of them, Texoma 
and Moreland. You win those, take care of Burns Flat like you should, all of a sudden you're 4-3, you, you own every tiebreaker that's left. So that that's, uh, the, the chance, at least, I think is there for the Sierra Eagles to be able to do that. And then down in Class B, Hollis slow out of the gates, but ended up taking care of Beaver, uh, 46-6. This week is pretty much a playoff game with Balco Forgan coming down to Hollis. Get this win, you're going to make the playoffs, barring something crazy happening. Yeah. And so the Tigers 1-1, one 3-4 and one, three and four overall. Balco Forgan's 0-2, 1-6. Um, so you, you take care of this game, and then you've got a playoff spot pretty much in your pocket, and now you can start looking with Shattuck and, and Turpin la, uh, left on your schedule, kind of seeding, see if you can move up in the district which Laverne and Turpin are, are tied at 2-0, Hollis and Shattuck 1-1, one and, one, and then Balco and Beaver 0-2. So uh, it's going to be, you know, it's, the weather's getting colder sometimes. I think it's going to be nice on Friday night here, maybe even in the 80s by the time we start, mm. looking through the, the weather coming up toward the end of the week. But uh, it, it's going to be a beautiful night, it looks like, for football on Friday night. And these games are starting to get really, really interesting uh, with these last three weeks of district play, yeah, um, almost yeah. When it gets to the last couple three weeks of uh, the regular season, I love those scenarios where they almost feel like playoff games themselves, and so that ramps up the the intensity and competition on the field. Should be fun, rooting for all those teams to get in. Yeah, and big one, the the biggest game in the state this week will be Carl Albert and Guthrie. The Blue Jays have given up seven points through three games. That's going to be really interesting. If they can slow down Carl Albert. I don't think you can stop him, but can you slow him down enough and score against them? It's at Guthrie. They yeah, had, that's... Car- Carl Albert had McGinnis this week. It was 42 nothing at halftime. Oh, my goodness. Against number 10 in 5A. Wow. At Guthrie and Piedmont are the last two on the regular season schedule for the Titans. 5A is interesting because there are – you've got these two that are going to play. Del City's out there, a fantastic undefeated team. Uh, Elgin is out there, undefeated. So there, that's uh, – I, I can't wait to see if anybody has something for Carl Albert. At the end of the day, I I just I don't see it. I just don't see to, anybody it? having anything for him. I just not in five A anyways. Not what's left on their schedule. I don't see anything slowing them down. Elgin Dell City, uh, obviously this week we got three in that defense. We'll find out. I mean, if they if they go out there and they put forty some on on Guthrie, what do you do then? You just go okay, well. What we thought at the first of the year is right. Well, yeah, the, we, it's what we thought was they're one, not only the best team in the state, but one of the best teams in the nation, and they're playing like it. And if they do that, then that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not shocking me. No, it's not shocking me at all. Nope. We'll see what happens on Friday night.
We'll be back with your Western Oklahoma Realty pickup standings. We were sitting around the office one day and tried to explain what Western Oklahoma Realty was. If you had to put it in a dictionary, what would you get? What kind of definition you would get? I think I said, is a, what about, we're people before property. People before property means to me that you care about the person more than you care about what they're buying in that you want them to get the best thing for their circumstances, the best home, the best investment. For all your real estate needs, give Western Oklahoma Realty a call at 225-6271. The Skinny on Sports. Mock! Yeah! Ing! Yeah! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal hanging out here on a Monday rehashing all the football and a little bit of the baseball from across the nation. Looking at the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em standings, I'm at the bottom of the list. As we know, whoever picks every game of the season and has the worst record will also get paid 100 bucks. And if I'm not missing anything, we've had the same leader basically from the get-go. Our man Paul has been consistently there in position for that one. 27 and 43. Let's see who's closest. That has got all the games picked. 29 and 41. And then 31 and 39. So uh, he's got a couple game lead in the race for the bottom. Uh, There young Paul does. That's good stuff. Very, very, very good stuff. Let's see here now. To the top, Big Poppy. Big Poppy 10's picks. These names have been pretty consistent, too. There you are, fifth. I wonder if it tied with with Traber. Did we ever confirm? I have no idea. (laughs) If that's really him? No. Dakota. Dakota's there. 40 and 30, 10 above 500. Embry, Brandon's been at the top basically the entire season, just a couple of games behind after only a 4 and 10 this week. But everybody's pretty uh, stacked up in there pretty tight. There's still still a long ways to go. Oh, yeah. Many, many weeks left to go. Basically seven weeks left to picks to be able to get yourself in position for some of that cold, hard cash. got to think about ties. Are ties just split? Well, we'll start on the 25, and you – oh, you mean flip a coin? I don't know. Split the cash? Split the pot? What do we do? I think we almost got it. I don't know. Let's just not right worry now it'd about be nice that. And, right now it would be nice and clean. Yeah. One, two, three, and the last. It would be nice and easy right now. Something we need to think about before it gets to the, the final here. All right, Jared. Can you tell me who's the third best team in the Big 12? Well, I'll tell you what. Kansas State might have figured something out with their quarterback. Playing the um, – was he a true freshman or redshirt freshman against Tech? And what did he do? He ran for like – 
half a dozen touchdowns. The kid was unstoppable. But Tech was just clearly not prepared for him, right? Or is he really that good? So there's that argument for me for Kansas State. But don't look now, but Iowa State, they have some very winnable games left on their schedule that leads up to the Texas game. So there's that. But uh, I think it's an argument between those two and then everybody else. But, you know, here's Oklahoma State winning a couple. Yeah. Suddenly look like a different team. Yeah, speaking of don't look now. Yeah. Now there's there's uh there's about three teams that can have an argument to be in the third best team, and then who knows, could position themselves to play in Arlington if things work out. I mean, I would have told you West Virginia, but Houston had different things in mind on Thursday night. Yeah, that's what's crazy about that. I mean, even if that, that Hail Mary doesn't hit and West Virginia's tied atop the standings with Oklahoma, I, I just don't believe it. Nah. <laughs> I just don't believe it. I, I think, to me, Kansas State seems like the right answer. But it's just because of what they did last year. It's not really anything they've done this year that would that would make me think that. Being the defending Big 12 champions, and, and maybe that name Kansas State and climbing and some of the consistency that they've had up there is, is part of it. But I guess my question outside of last year is what has Kansas State done consistently that Oklahoma State hasn't? Uh, compete for Big 12 titles? Kansas State consistently competes for Big 12 titles? Since when? I mean, they did it last year. Yeah. Win? A win more than Oklahoma? I don't know. What is, what's they that? haven't. That's the whole point. <laughs> Oklahoma State has been better than Kansas State. But I think the recency bias of last year and winning the Big 12 title kind of clouds. I mean, Kansas State, and oh, by the way, they've played. That's, I watch it yep. with my own eyes. Yep. And it, but it still doesn't. It doesn't seem because I think if Oklahoma State, if you and you can't take it away because it happened. That South Alabama loss was so brutal that it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around anything but that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It, it it's like they get docked way extra you because of you, how bad that loss you, the was horrible loss but you know what's fortunate about it is it was not a conference loss oh that's so true it just you know maybe it was a wake-up call loss like okay listen we're not competing for a national title but this doesn't hurt our conference standings this doesn't hurt our chances at a conference title and right now they're two and one in the conference and with an opportunity yeah both to, of the iowa state and oklahoma state both are, are kind of in the same boat iowa state has that just perplexing loss to ohio in the same time that OSU did what they did against South Alabama, it, it's just it, it's hard to it's hard to to scrub your mind away from those awful performances by those two teams mm-hmm. to to even really I mean heck two weeks ago coming off the coming off the uh, oh, uh, the Iowa State loss on top of the South Alabama one most people would have had OSU next to last only ahead of like Houston. Oh, we were sitting here looking for wins left on the That's schedule. That's right. And now, all of a sudden, two weeks, two wins over the Kansas schools. And now you look at that schedule. If you can get past Morgantown on Saturday, then four of your five games left 
are against the newbies, who all just happen to be at the very bottom of yeah. the Big at the Big Twelve standings. Who are, yeah, not getting a warm welcome into the their new home. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. But Morgantown looms. Never easy to go there. At least it's not at night. So that's, that's a two thirty right. game. If it's at night, that's a bear trap. But the rest outside of Oklahoma are winnable, very winnable. And Iowa State suddenly at Baylor looks very winnable. And Kansas, their quarterback's a mess. situation's a mess. BYU, their last two games will mm-hmm. will tell us. I mean, that might be those last two games against Texas and then at Kansas State. Um, that's going to be their uh, trying to punch their ticket to the Big Twelve Championship game. Yeah, I mean watching watching that team against uh, against Oklahoma. They had the early success there for the first what eighteen minutes of the game or whatever. Hit some big plays, and then oh, you just crushed them. It never it never crossed my mind that night that. Well, this might be the the best team in the conference outside of Oklahoma and Texas. Oh no, never crossed my mind that way. But they've played pretty well. I mean, that Saturday, Vegas handed you money if you just would have taken it. You realize they were an underdog at Cincinnati. I didn't even look at that line. Like a five and a half point underdog at Cincinnati. Nah, I mean, that was like I taking candy from a baby. I would have jumped all over that. Yeah, that was an easy one there. Yep. You're right though. At Baylor, Baylor's one and two, and their only win they shouldn't have got that crazy comeback down at UCF. As far as the conference standings, they should be right down there at zero and three there. But with well, UCF wouldn't be because they should have got that win. The Big Twelve, it's 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 here's the problem. I think outside of the top two, I think it's full of a bunch of mediocrity, and that's why it's hard to tell. Now, if if Oklahoma State, Iowa State, or maybe it's Kansas State figures it out from here, you know, and, and ends up with just a couple of losses in the conference, then you know maybe we don't have to say maybe we do, we don't say that. But right now, I mean. And, and the polls prove the exact same thing. I mean, when you look at what the AP poll had, Kansas was in it last week. They dropped out. And so not only did they drop out, but when you look down, Kansas, they, they still got two votes to be in the poll. West Virginia got one, and Oklahoma State got one. That's it. Outside of the, the top two. which then that kind of leads into the playoff discussion and how you can't afford much if you're you're wanting to make that playoff. Um, Around the country, Washington-Oregon was a fantastic game from start to finish. A lot of people are on Lanning about the fourth down calls that he made. Mm. Listen, I I, I thought he was right the whole time. Right before halftime is the one that maybe you take the three – but at that point, you're at that point though, Jared. Who in the world thought field goals were going to be any good in that game? Because they were both going up and down the field, and and I understand with, with getting the ball to start the third quarter, what he was trying to do there to to kind of create that 
that space and time where you, like we saw with the Elk City game on Thursday, score right four half, score coming out of the half, bam, you get you, you turn that fourteen points like that, mm-hmm. and and I just don't think he he thought in his in his heart of hearts that kicking field goals was going to be enough to win that game with the way that Washington's offense was was rolling down the field. Yeah, I, he took a lot of heat for it, but I I see if you watch the game and instead of just being told that he went for it what three times on fourth down to mm-hmm. convert and if you watch the game I you would have gone you you would have said yeah I would have gone for that too I don't blame him and and he at when he was asked at halftime he said this is what we do we're, we're aggressive this is Oregon football this is how we do. so you know that's their philosophy and that's the message he's sending his team I don't blame him at all no one no one uh on that team I think was blaming him and it's frustrating, sure, in the in hindsight, in the grand scheme of things, you know, coming out with the loss. But but if you watched the game and understood the situation, saw the situation, totally would have done it too. Yeah, I mean, the, the one I don't blame the him. one before half is the one where it's like, okay, you got a three in your pocket. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, I, I just it it didn't it didn't feel like that was going to help. The you problem all that much. with going for it on fourth down, no matter where you are on the field. If you don't convert it, especially on the road, you just you just swung momentum in their favor. And then going for it again and not getting it, and then the place is electric. And then a third time, the place is on fire, right? I mean, that that's the only problem, I guess I would say, having, you know, you're just you're throwing fuel in the fire for the fan base and, and for the, your opponent going, look, they can't even get it on fourth down. We want them to go for it on fourth down on fourth and one or whatever, but – Again, going back, but if you watched the game, you understood why. I mean, the situation called for it. I think analytically and statistics, all of that tells you go for it. And he did. And plus, yeah. that's their philosophy, like I said. Hard to blame him on that. Uh, it's fantastic. So, Washington. Fun game, though. Fun game. It was, it was a fun game. It, just like I, I think we all hoped it would be. I mean, there was points you know, coming out of the locker room in the third quarter. Uh, Washington got a stop, then went down and scored. And it was an 11-point game. And you almost kind of was uh, almost kind of rooting for Oregon to to stay in it, you know. Go yeah. get us, come on, go get a score. This game has been way too much fun for it to kind of fall apart. And then, and that was one of those fourth downs that he didn't get. But then the defense came right back out, got a three and out, and then all of a sudden Oregon scored twice in a row. And you go, oh, now now Washington needs to score before Oregon, you know, gets way out ahead. Yeah. In this game, uh, so it just uh, Washington jumps up into the top five in the polls. I think we all knew it was coming. Um, I, 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 it is what it is. The polls are what they are. Um, I know some OU fans are mad. It's good trying to compare the Tulsa score and then, you know, Washington winning that game at home versus OU winning in a neutral side against Texas and what, whatever it's, it's all going to come out in the wash by the time the season. Yeah. Over. That's what I have to keep telling myself. My initial reaction was why it, it I, I never understood it. A team that was off and they drop in a ranking. Well, that's. They didn't win or they didn't lose, but they didn't win. Keep them right where they're at. Let people hop them, sure, but keep them right where they're at. But at you know, at the end of the day, like you said, it all works itself out. If Oklahoma just wins out, takes care of the games they should win, give yourself a chance in the Big 12 title game, they'll be in, but they have to go undefeated. I'll tell you what's crazy is I don't know what OU did in the off week, but they garnered a first-place vote in the coaches' poll for I doing saw nothing. That. I saw that. It seems kind of wild. Um <laughs> It was just so we see the replay on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, maybe thought it was, it was live week. or something. <laughs> uh, there was tons of joy in this state, even though uh, obviously with Oklahoma State winning, Oklahoma didn't play. 
but about 10 o'clock on Saturday night, tons of joy all across the Sooner State as Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and USC goes down big time in South Bend to Notre Dame, 48-20. to 20. I, I, got, I got to tell you, yeah, 48 seems like a ton of points to give up, and it is. But for the first time all season, I don't know how much you can pin this on Alex Grinch's defense. Well, this he's had not throwing the three interceptions. This had way more to do with the lack of offense than it did. And, and I, you weren't here on Friday when I talked about this game. I compared it to another game that that coach and that quarterback were a part of, and that was 2021. Oklahoma had gotten out of those ridiculous spots against texas against kansas and they made their way down to a place called waco texas against a team that was physical running the football and physical on defense and that day baylor knocked off the sooners that, that this game reminded me going into it so much of that spot with a team that was kind of on the ropes wiggling off the hook a couple of times because of ridiculous quarterback play and if he doesn't put on his Superman cap, they can't the cape. They can't win, and that's what we saw. Not only was he not Superman, he was brutal in the first half. And Notre Dame took every bit of advantage of it, and just uh, they just they waxed the Trojans on on Saturday. I kept watching that game, even though <clears throat> Notre Dame you know would have a comfortable comfortable I'm air quoting lead. I kept thinking, yeah, they still got Caleb Williams. He could throw three picks in the first half and still overcome it. And I was still waiting for that to happen. But they kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again uh, in that game. Yeah, that one was on the offense for sure, and, and particularly their quarterback. So now SC <clears throat> falls all the way down to 18 in the AP poll. The, the, the Pac-12 is really interesting. With, with with what we've seen. Uh, Washington State bowed out of the race. Arizona just obliterated them at Wazoo. That, that was maybe one of the most surprising scores of the weekend was how Arizona just, I mean, just trounced I was them 44-6. Yeah, I was wondering if Arizona would have anything left in the tank after losing to USC the week prior. Right. You know, I, you see that a lot. A team that does everything they can to try to pull off an upset – and then they come out completely flat the next week. It's like they kept going, right? They, it's like they kept playing that USC game, but they did it against Wazoo and, and just just throttled them. Oh, and here's an, it, nobody realized what happened the week before against USC. You know what they did? Arizona? Yeah. What? 31-24 loss to Washington. Maybe that should have been the first sign of, you know what? Jetfish has Arizona not too terrible. No, I, there was talk this is not – a good, great Washington or uh, Arizona team, but they're not. They weren't bad. That, that was that talk was happening before that SC game. Yeah, four and three, and now you kind of. Here's what I look at with them. How can they? How can they put themselves into this race? Not to win the Pac-12, but to ruin it for somebody. Yeah, and so they have five games left: two on the road at Colorado and at Arizona State, but their home games. Oregon State, UCLA, Utah. They're gonna they're gonna run somebody's season, and it may have already been Wazoo, but somebody else with the way that they're playing, they'll get one of those three. 
I think. Yeah. All in, you know, at home in Tucson. So that's a uh, the Pac-12 is just going to be fantastic. I mean, it just every week there's going to be from here on out something something coming. Uh, let's see. This week, I mean, this week's Utah USC. Yeah, just look at what's left for USC. Yeah, you just mentioned Utah. They still have Oregon. Oregon. They have Washington. No, I can't remember. I saw they flashed that up at the end of the game. I'm going off of memory. They don't have Oregon State. I do know that. Yeah, they've got Washington and Oregon back to back. Yeah. And then UCLA. Washington home, UCLA home at Oregon in the month of November. They're right there, Aaron. They're so, They're close. so close. They're right there. They're so close. Okay. It is midseason. And so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you mulligans. Okay. Do I have to pay for them? You don't have to pay for them. They were already included in the entry back when we did this for free. So, okay, my playoff was Bama, Georgia, Michigan, and Notre Dame. I had Alabama winning the national title. You did. That's right. I did. I know you had Florida State, and I'm sure you had Georgia. I remember you having Florida State. Um, I had Georgia... We go off on memory here. Uh, Georgia. I think you had Ohio State instead of Michigan. Florida State. I had Ohio State. And I did put USC. In I think there. you had USC, yeah. Yep. That's, I, I couldn't remember. Okay, so I'm going to give you a mulligan. A midseason mulligan. Right now, as it stands in your mind on October 16th, who do you think are going to be the four teams in the playoff? I have a theme to mine. Do you? Yep. Well, I'm going to stick with Georgia and Florida State. I think Florida State they they um, are clearly the be- the best ACC team midway through the season. Even though they kind of you know they got that win against Clemson, and every time I think they're going to have an off week and maybe lose, they go and beat someone like Syracuse, like they just did this weekend. Syracuse has always been kind of that upset team, right? And they weren't this week. So I got Florida State. I'm going in no order, by the way. Um, and I'm sticking with Georgia because they, too, they kind of feel like they kind of sleepwalk through the first three or four games. And then they go and play Kentucky. And we think, well, maybe Kentucky could give them a game. And not so fast, my friend. They they look really solid, too. So those two. I will switch out Ohio State with – Penn State. Oh, I was the, on the Penn State bandwagon in preseason. I think Penn, and they're going to prove it this Saturday. They I do. think Penn State gets a big statement win, and they have the inside track to uh, uh, to win the um, Big Ten. So I know everyone likes Michigan. Yeah, but man, their schedule just—I'm waiting for that challenge, right? And I think Penn State will get it done, and um. This is where it's tough. Do I take the – it's going to have to be an undefeated – what if it's an undefeated Pac-12 versus like and an undefeated Big 12? Well, obviously, I'm talking about Oklahoma. Oh, if, if if all five conferences have an undefeated champ? I think Big 12's left out? Yep. Sure do. I, I don't – I think the chances of that are minuscule of it actually happening. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think they're out. 
I'll go with because I don't think we'll have an undefeated Big 12 champion. So I'm going to say Washington. Interesting. So Florida State, Georgia, Penn State, Washington. My four at, at the midpoint of the season. How about you? And that would, okay, let's think about this. That would mean one newbie, one team that's never made it in Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've still got Georgia. I've still got Michigan. Here's where the theme comes, and you kind of hit, you, you, I didn't think about Florida State. They could be the one that really messes this idea up that I've got. But I also don't think there's going to be an undefeated Big 12 champ, and I also don't think there's going to be an undefeated Pac-12 champ. Reason being, the two teams that lost the regular season game, I think have a chance to avenge that loss in the Big 12 and Pac-12 title game. So I've got Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and Oregon. Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Texas, and Oregon. And Oregon, okay. Yes. Florida State could really mess that up, so go Dukies this week (laughs) (laughs) because they're uh, they're at Tallahassee. Who did you pick for the Heisman? I had Penix, actually. I do so you don't that. want to change? Well, no, I I was and I picked him because he was always my dark horse, and I just wanted to feel smart. And two, I the likelihood of a back to back Heisman wow. it's it's very hard. It's not because they don't deserve it. I think voters get kind of I don't know fatigue is the word to use. It's just like hey, he had it, but man, I mean, Penix had a year, or this other guy had a great year, even though Williams having a really good year too. Heisman worthy, yes, send him to New York, but my vote's going to go to this kid. Mm-hmm. I think Penix is that kid. I, I again, I he was a guy I had at the beginning of the year. I, I was calling him a dark horse, but he was my guy. I'm yeah, sticking with. You're him. not going to change that. No. I had Hartman, Sam Hartman, and man, if he would have played in against Louisville like he played the other night, that would have been a lot better chance. Uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm in the Pac-12 too, because it just seems that's where the guy where where the quarterbacks are at right. Yeah, yeah. And with that redemption game coming, and I don't know that he really did anything to lose the game on Saturday. I'm gonna go with Bo Nix as my mulligan for the Heisman because I think he's just there's so many opportunities on that schedule to really impress, and especially if you get another shot at, at Washington, and it goes the way I think it would go. So I'm, I'm going to go that way uh, with Knicks. It's going to be fun. Uh, I mean, it's starting to be, you know, this week had like, what, five uh, top 25 matchups on the slate. This week they're more spread out, which is perfect for television viewing. You mentioned Penn State at Ohio State, number seven versus number three. That's an 11 o'clock game. You know, this week it, was, it seemed like the, the good games were all at 2.30. So if you didn't have multiple TVs, you couldn't watch – Oklahoma State, Kansas, Washington, and Oregon, A and M, and Tennessee, and, and then the two at night. Even there was two with uh, with SC and, and Notre Dame on the same time as UNC and, and Miami, and then even a later one in the Pac-12. But this week it's that one. Then Tennessee, Alabama is at two thirty. Then you roll into the night uh, with Duke and Florida State, Utah and USC. As far as match uh, ranked matchup, so that's good. I think this is going to be a fun week. Another good week. And we're just going to see these building and building and building where it's just like, okay, Titanic matchups coming mm-hmm. over and over <laughs> down the stretch of the season, um, uh, mostly in the Pac-12, 
sprinkle in some some SEC and sprinkle in some Big Ten along the way because you know uh, Michigan Penn State's coming in November and then of course Michigan Ohio State after that and so it's uh, starting to see a little bit of kind of separation I think mm-hmm. uh, in a Pac-12 especially that's going to continue as these teams start to re- start to play each other week after week after week when we come back Jared's Rangers up 1-0. How confident does he feel about the rest of the series? We'll ask him next right here on the Skinny on Sports. We were sitting around the office one day and tried to explain what Western Oklahoma Realty was. If you had to put it in a dictionary, what would you get? What kind of definition you would get? I think I said, is a, what about, were people before property? People before property. I want to know how many kids they have, what kind of house they're looking, or maybe if it's an open floor plan or, you know, if they need four bedrooms, we need to know more about their family. For all your real estate needs, give Western Oklahoma Realty a call at 225-6271. The skinny on sports. You can't say on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal wrapping up uh, Western Oklahoma Realty Monday question on the text line was uh, what district does 4a1 play for football playoffs in the first round 4a2 which this week in 4a2 is a little bit of a light week at least on the schedule with the top four playing the bottom four it's kind of the way it worked out right it's kind of yeah. a, a weird anomaly there so you wouldn't imagine anything would change in the top four and then next week is when you start to see things kind of uh, work themselves out with uh, bethany going to blanchard and then Newcastle heading to Tuttle. That's where we'll start to to get an idea of exactly what uh, that order could be. Uh, Blanchard out on top right now, courtesy of those wins over both Newcastle and Tuttle. Uh, they're kind of they're 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 essentially the Clinton of four A one right now, or a four A two. Excuse me. They've they've got they've, they've got the undefeated record. They've also got the the tie breaks over the next two. Without playing Bethany yet, so that's uh that that would, that would sew it up if if Blanchard wins next week at home against Bethany, and then that now then you start to see, you know, depending on who wins that Tuttle Newcastle game, you know, I think Elk City and Weatherford both have their eyes on on that one next week, depending on how Friday night shakes out between those two. But then you get an idea of who who's coming or who's go or where you're going. One of the two. Um, with Bethany still able to to maybe change that as well, so that's how that works: four A one versus four A two. Then depending on where you end up, if you're second in the district, you host a four A two team. If you win that one, you go on the road to the four A four winner, right? Yeah. Was it four A four? Yeah. Yeah. This because Clinton went to Poto last year. Right. So then if you're third, you go to the number two team in 4A2. In 4A if you're able to knock them off, then you go to the 4A3 champ, which looks like that could be Wagner. A couple years ago is Grove, before they went to 5A. Obviously, I remember that game. So... That's kind of how that how that sets up. If you get second, you avoid, you know, a, a rematch for Weatherford and Clinton or Elk City and Clinton until the finals. The third place team would have a chance at that in the semifinals if they can both make it that far. 
a la what happened two years ago. All right, all right, Jared. How confident are you? Rangers, two nothing win in game one, lead the series one zero. Uh, Jordan Montgomery was fantastic on the mound in a starting role. Verlander was good too, just not as good and not as sharp as Montgomery. Um, it just seemed like the Rangers got the big outs when they, when uh, the Astros would have guys on base or guys in supporting position. It seemed like it was always with two out, and they always got it done. Obviously, the play in the eighth inning was wild uh, with with what happened with Altuve and the the, the catch out there by Carter. Uh, and the Rangers did they 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 did just enough uh, to go ahead and, and take that one nothing series lead. If you told me the range all the Rangers would need is two runs to beat Houston on the road in game one, the ALCS, I would have laughed in your face. So with that being said, I'm very confident uh, they can win like that or they have the potential of their bats really coming alive against Valdez today. I mean, when Tavares is hitting a home run, your nine-hole hitter, to give you that 2 nothing lead, then they're making those defensive plays with a rookie in left field yeah, uh, but it all started with Jordan Montgomery. He was fantastic. Would he have six strikeouts in six and a quarter, six and a third inning? So uh, that pitching, the starting pitching, continues to be awesome, and the bats got exactly enough whatever whatever they needed, whatever you want to call it. I, th- I so I'm very confident when you could steal one of the two on the road before going back. And especially if it's game one, now you have an opportunity to go up two nothing and th- before you come back to Arlington with three games to win two of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying not to get too high on this, but it's like they're just on this destiny path of not losing a post game this season. It's crazy. With Evalde today on the on the hill, I, I expect more offensive production from the Rangers because it's not Verlander. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, but you know? Valdez has been, He's been good. really good. In the- but um, I think the Rangers' bats, just you can't hold them just two runs every game. But – it's um yeah I'm very confident very confident but riding high right now. It's interesting because I think you know you talk about getting a split at home or on the road getting a split at, that's I wonder how much the regular season records matter because when you look up Houston had the second well, the third best road record in baseball. The Braves were 52 and 29. The Orioles were 52 and 29. And then there are the Astros at 51 and 30. They're 2 and 0 in the postseason, winning both games in Minnesota on the road. And it, it should, probably shouldn't come as a surprise to that because of how seasoned they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not going to be a situation really where I think that they're going, uh oh, we can't get out of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because they've been there so many times. Now, Losing both games at home to start the series, that that, that seems like a, a monumental task. That I'm, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I know the in 1996 in the World Series, the Yankees lost the first two at home and then swept the next four to beat the Braves, keep them from winning back-to-back World Series. Back in 1986, the Mets lost the first two at home before they came back to win that series against Boston in seven. So it's happened in, in the World Series. You know, the comeback by the, by the Red Sox in, in 2004, that started out in Yankee Stadium. So it's not like it, they lost two in Fenway and then came back. 
So it's a it's it's a, it's a tough task, no doubt. But if there's a team, you know, the road the road record of Houston speaks for itself. But this pitching matchup to me is awesome today. With what Valdez has done in the, in in this run for Houston, and then Uvalde, he was great the other night and has been. I mean, he's all star. I mean, I think if if I'd have told you in say June that you're going to be up one nothing in the ALCS with Uvalde on the hill in Game Two, I don't know that you care who he's pitching against, right, or where it's at, or anything. So yeah, no, it's. it's- uh, it was a big win last night to just now you know sometimes you see te- uh, really probably thinking more about the NBA playoffs where you see the team win game one at, on the road and they kind of take take the night off a little bit and you know in the next game and usually the home team which is always the higher seeded team crushes them mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that happens I don't know that that's a baseball thing I think that's more of just a basketball thing because the, I mean the home field or the home court would seem to matter more in a, in a basketball game than a baseball game to me, but it'll be interesting. It does feel like a team of destiny. It's crazy. Getting hot at the right time. Now, I talked about this Friday because there was a bunch of uproar. You're starting to hear from people after after Philly knocked out the Braves. So the top four records in baseball went 1 and 11 this postseason. And only one of those teams didn't have the long layoff and that being Tampa. That Texas beat two beat two games right in a row. But the other three with Baltimore, Atlanta, and the Dodgers all winning 100 games or more and only Atlanta able to win. It went 1 and 9 in the postseason. Is this something baseball needs to look at? Is that is that layoff too long? Or is it, you know, what do you think? Is it, do you need to add another wild card that way everybody plays and not reward teams with those buys? Yeah. You know, what do you, what do you do here? I don't know. I, maybe something to look at is, is a good term to use. Not, but don't make an immediate change just because, what is this? It's only the second year in a row they've right. done it like this. Mm-hmm. So it's not, there's not enough data there. There's not enough samples there to, to, make immediate changes but maybe keep an eye on it sure you know keep an keep an eye on it yeah it's just it, i mean baseball is one of the it's such a but game of a, rhythm it is and it's a it's, funny sport though mm-hmm. too you never know one pitch can change the entire game you talk about rhythm all right now the rangers are on a rhythm you know so philly's on a on a heater it, it it that's baseball it's been like since the beginning of time yeah i i agree i, I just said this team just need to play better. Yeah. Just play better. And, and you know, Jim was on the other side of it. I heard him talking about it. And he talked about how, especially for hitters, how you do get in such a rhythm. And he said, you just look at the All-Star break every year. There's somebody that goes into the All-Star break scorching hot and comes out the other side, struck, you know what I mean? And it kind of knocks them off. And then there's other guys that are exactly the opposite, though. They go in kind of struggling get a couple get, get days off and then come back around the other way so it, it, it I think just it's just baseball <laughs> I mean that's that's the way the game is right yeah I mean, it's the hardest thing in the world to hit a baseball and I know if you're going into a you know ending the regular season the way that some of these teams did seeing the, it looks like a beach ball and then all of a sudden it's a marble that's a tough break but 
there's no guarantee it would go the other way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With with with, play, with not taking off the days, there's no guarantee of anything in the in, in the game of baseball. And so I, I I can get I get the argument totally, but I'm like you. There's I don't think there's any reason to make any rash judgments after two years of this. Now, if we get a decade in and you're and you're continually seeing this over and over and over, all right, all right, maybe maybe there there does need to be something looked at. Uh, to be able to change it, but uh, so far, but I just come on the side of maybe just win your games and quit complaining. That's it. Just, just, just win. You know, just win to control your own destiny and just win. And but, to, but you're complaining. You're you're using an outside factor mm-hmm. to be a reason why your team lost. That come on, that's weak. It's weak minded to me. And to the Braves' credit, they didn't buy into it at all. You saw Strider say no. Yeah, we got to do you know, and, and no. Snit. They were all they they did not. That little use rant, that. by the way, is more for the fans. Yeah, it's not, more. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's I'm fans and riders more than anything. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, you didn't really see, at least on the brave side of it. I it, haven't heard it from players. They uh, they completely pushed that aside and said, no, we got to be better. That's on us, yeah. and and maybe that's got, it's on the organizations as a whole to figure out how to keep yeah. guys in, yeah. in in a rhythm. Yeah, no matter what that is. All right, great stuff. Game two today, 3.30, 3.37, I think it's the official. Is it 2 our time? 2.30 our time, okay. 2.30, I saw whatever. Three, whatever, uh, yeah, on the east. Yep. <clears throat> All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.